Welcome to Southern Salon Podcast. I'm Amy Clark Spain. And I'm Brittany Robertson. We're excited to have a guest with us today, Dee Thacker Ayers, owner of Lynette Boutique. Dee, welcome to Southern Salon Podcast. Hi, thank you all for having me. So I've known Dee for several years. I had you as a student and you stood out because I was telling Brittany that you stood out because you were one of the few people who could not only understand my theory classes, but you enjoyed them, which is very rare because theory is not something that people enjoy. But it's been so much fun to watch you over the years since you graduated from the communication studies department and and watch you as you develop this career path and launched your own business. Um, it's been exciting to see it grow. And so we just we're looking forward to learning more about that process. I wanted to kind of ask you a little bit about your path before you started your own business, kind of what that looked like from the time you graduated and and what that path looked like. So I'll start by saying I now have an online boutique. So it's an an online clothing boutique for women. But that all originally, like I guess the bug or the love for that started when I was 18. So as soon as I graduated high school, I started working at a local boutique in town in Wise. Um, And all through college, that's where I worked. So I worked part time and I learned all about you know, the vendors and how to purchase things. And I went to the Atlanta markets and the New York markets. And, um, and when I graduated in 2011, I still worked there part-time for a little bit until I got my first, you know, quote unquote, big girl job. And I went into outside sales in the healthcare field of various sorts. Um, I've done home health, I worked for a physical therapy company. Um, I did some like durable medical equipment, um, mostly home health. But I was always in outside sales of some sort with healthcare. And the reason for that is I was building my resume so I could get a job in pharmaceuticals. That was always the goal. And it's very, very hard. It's a very hard industry to get into. I would apply, and you know, if they don't see, if you don't have a pretty bulky resume. It's just, it's just really hard, number one, to get an interview, but number two, to actually get hired. So I did that for, I mean, I graduated in 2011. So I worked for five years with two, I guess, two different, two, maybe three different companies. And then finally in 2016, I got an interview with one of the biggest pharmaceutical companies in the world, and it was for a job in Chattanooga. So I was still living in Wise. But my now husband was here in Tennessee. And so not only was it my opportunity to get in with pharma, but it also allowed me to move to Tennessee to be with him. And so I did the whole interview process, which is crazy. It's so like excruciating. It's like five different interviews. And I got the job. So I moved down here in 2016 and I started working in what I thought was my dream job. (laughs) Um, And so then I did that for three years. So how did you decide then to make the transition from the pharmaceutical rep job? That's that's a pretty huge swing from one type of work to another to launching your own business. And I, I know that was scary. I don't even have to ask that question. I'm sure that was a scary thing to think about. How long did you think about it before you did it? And why did you do it? I always knew deep down that I wanted to own my own business. And I didn't really know in what capacity or how, but my dad 
works for himself and has his own business. And so to me, that was always the ultimate goal and dream to work for yourself. Like that just, I've always been so in awe and inspired by that. And so I always knew I wanted to do that in some way, but I really suppressed it for so long because, because it is so scary. And when you get a nice cushy job that gives you, you know, financial stability and sets you up for your future. And it's hard to explain to people. I have all of these things on a silver platter, but I'm really unhappy and I kind of hate my life. (laughs) And I want to, I want to start a business, but I don't know what kind of business. And I, and I don't even know, like, I don't even know where to start, but I always knew that when I was 24 years old, And I got my first like real, you know, big girl job. I met with a financial planner. So at this time, I had no business like doing any kind of financial planning. But I did sit down with him and we talked about like, you know, your 401k and your your Roths and all that kind of stuff. And I vividly remember this guy asking me, what's your 10-year plan? Like, where do you see yourself in 10 years? And without a beat, I said, I see myself working for myself, having my own business of, of some sort. And I see myself having freedom because of that to start a family. I mean, that was well over, you know, I was 24 years old at the time. But it's kind of like those passions. And I think those gut feelings and gifts and desires, they're there for a reason. And a lot of people suppress them because of reality, you know, you need insurance, you need a good income, you need, um, you know, stability. For years, I just suppressed those desires and the things I really wanted to do because I had a good job. And I thought pharma was, you know, the best of the best. And I thought that's what I wanted to do. And I I tried so hard to make myself fit into that box. You know, my husband was so supportive throughout this whole thing, and he knew I was unhappy. And so there was a lot of prayer, a lot of fasting. I mean, I would say from the moment I got the job, within six months, I knew it wasn't for me. And even though I was successful and I did a pretty good job, I, I just knew, you know, you just you have those gut feelings. I just knew it wasn't for me, but I didn't know how to get out. So it was, you know, three years essentially of prayer and fasting and feeling like, God, you're not hearing me. You're not helping me. I'm stuck in this. But eventually, you know, you have to be reasonable. It's it's not like I just woke up one day and, and quit my job. Like it took, like I said, prayer and fasting and from a financial standpoint, preparation to be able to do that. Well, we're almost 10 minutes in, and I forgot to say that at the end of the podcast, for our listeners, if you listen all the way to the end, Dee is going to have a special uh, gift for you, a special announcement. And so I forgot to say that at the beginning, but I just want to make sure our listeners know that. I'm sitting here like looking around like, God? Did you want her to tell me all this stuff? Because I mean, you're preaching to me right now, Dee. You're preaching to me, <laughs> but you're also you're also talking to two women who do have some entrepreneurial spirit as well. And and I just love, I loved a couple of things that you said. And you mentioned, you know, prayer and fasting, and really just not jumping in blindfolded, but but having a 
kind of a preparation process and a process that you, you know, that you spent some time developing, because I think that that's important to understand and to, to do things in the right way. There's a, there's a process and there's a, a starting point on that. You know, you mentioned like knowing how to start it and how to go. What, what was the process like there as far as like saying, okay, I'm going to do this. This is the, I'm going to start my own business, this, my own boutique. Here I go. What, what was that process like? So one of the most difficult things was deciding what I actually wanted to do. And I mean, I read books and I listened to podcasts and one of the best pieces of advice I I got or received was start with something that you're good at, that people know you for, that people ask you about. So when I, when I was in pharma, I would go, you know, I did lunches, you know, we feed doctors every day. So we feed an entire doctor's office and I would sit down with the staff, the nurses, the nurse practitioners, all these people. And the, the advice is, what do people ask you about? What do people come to you for your opinion or your advice? Or what do people ask you how to do? And so for me, it's, it was clothes. It's always like fashion and clothes or beauty. And so even though my ultimate goal in life is not necessarily to sell clothes <laughs> forever, that's the quickest way I could, I could start making money. Even though my goal maybe is to speak Like I see myself speaking in some capacity with women. I'm just really passionate about working with women and helping them like find their full potential and become who they're supposed to be. Like I'm so passionate about that, but it makes no sense to try and start a business surrounding that, like speaking or working one-on-one with women with their businesses. How would I make money at that? And so whatever the thing is that you can just start making money at, like tomorrow, do it. Like maybe you're super fit. And people ask you about your workouts all the time, but that's not your goal in life. Like maybe you want to do this other thing, but maybe to get to that point, you need to start small and you need to start with what you have. And so what I had had at the time was I love fashion. I love clothes and I love to dress, you know, to dress women, I love to dress myself. And I also have four or five years of experience with boutiques and how they run and how, how it works. So that's how I came to the decision of, okay, I'm going to start a boutique. I'm going to start an online boutique. Um, and then from there, the process was, they'll start this, it'll be online. And the plan initially was for me to stay with my pharma job and do this on the side. God just placed people in my life at the right time and situations. You know, the manager I had at the time, for whatever reason, I was very comfortable with opening up and quite frankly, being honest about how much I hated my job. (laughs) And so it was just a very like organic, natural flow of conversation that eventually led me to a place where I had so much peace that I knew it was the right thing to do. Like it was just like God presented this opportunity. Like you've been praying about this for years And now you and your husband decide to start a business and stay at your job. But actually, this is what I'm giving you. This is your out. This is your chance. I quit. I left. um, And then I came home, which was hard for my ego because I've always worked. I've always paid my bills and supported myself. And so there was a three-month time span there where I was completely and solely dependent on my husband and his 
and his income. So that was a whole other thing. But anyway, I took three months to just build everything to order inventory. You know, you have to get your business license. You have to buy the LLC, do all of that, you know, tedious paperwork for taxes. And then I started building the website. Um, And then, of course, marketing. Um, I worked with a lady here in Chattanooga who she was really great. She is a like a marketing company. And so anyway, I just took three months and put my head down and did all the work. And then I launched November of 2019. I think that's a remarkable story. And I love that you talked about doing whatever it takes at the beginning, because it's, you know, we look at people who inspire us and we think, oh, they must have just decided one day to do it. And then they did it and it just happened. But we know that life is messier than that and and things don't always work out that way. So it's really interesting to hear your journey and your perspective. And I want to circle back to faith in a minute because we're all women of faith. And I know that it takes faith to get something like this started. And it's a leap of faith. Sometimes it's a step of faith. And I'm interested to know how faith factors into the everyday work of your business. But Two, what does a day look like for you? Like when you get up in the morning and you start thinking, because I know, you know, Brittany and I have the, our side things that we're doing in addition to our teaching. But I know when I'm thinking about my Etsy shop, you know, I get up in the morning and that's the first thing. Like, what am I going to do today? And I, and I have this list of things. What does a day look like for you? Every day is different depending on how many orders I have, how much new inventory I have to put into the system or boxes to unbox. Every day is very different, (laughs) but every day is also very planned. I live, breathe, die by my planner. So every night before I go to bed, I pretty much plan my entire day, like hour by hour. So like today I was able to work out this morning. So that's not, I love freedom. You know, when people ask me what inspires me and what like motivates me more than anything else. It's not money. It's not the clothes. It's not, it's, it's freedom. I love the freedom to plan my day and work as much as I want or as little as I want. And that like that inspires me more than anything is freedom. But then again, just to touch on what I mentioned earlier, the freedom to eventually, you know, have a family I'm so inspired by my dad because he owns his own business, but I'm super inspired by my mom who was a stay-at-home mom. So like my goal is to, you know, eventually one day be like a combined version of my mom and my dad. Like I want to have it all. I want to have the business, but I want to be able to be hands-on and like raise my own children, you know? But anyway, so like today, as soon as I finish with this, I have, I think I have like four packages to get out. So I'll do my packages and sometimes I go, I'll take them to the post office, but I'm pretty good friends with my mailman now. So I usually just like wait for him to come by and I'll take my packages down to the road, and <laughs> give my packages to the mailman. And then every day there has to be something going on because I'm only online. You know, if I'm not sending out an email or doing something on Instagram or something on Facebook, like I don't make sales. It's very much reflective of how active I am on socials and through email. So I'm on my phone a lot. I'm like answering messages from people. People ask me often like how sizing runs on things. And so when I wake up, First thing in the morning, I I try to like have my coffee 
and do a few things before I sit down and like dig into my phone. But I give myself at least like an hour every morning to do like email and then Instagram messages and Facebook messages and comments and all that. Like I give myself at least an hour in the morning to do all of that. But then later today, I have a Zoom call at two o'clock with a new, it's a new system I'm thinking about using for the business. It's called Comment Sold. I don't know if y'all have heard of that, but I'm just always trying to find new ways, just different innovative things to do through social to build business. And so this is just one of those things. So I'm going to do a call at two o'clock and see what that's about. But then another thing is that almost every day I'm trying to do research for, you know, what's the latest trends on Instagram? What are the latest trends that, you know, what do I need to be doing on Facebook? Like it's everything changes. Literally, it seems like every single day. And I mean, that's a full time job in itself. I would love to be at a place one day where I could hire someone who could just do that stuff for me. (laughs) Because Mm -hmm. it's overwhelming. But then... Later today, I have boxes of stuff. I have new inventory that I really need to get out and I really need to get some stuff added to the website. But then I'm also cooking dinner for (laughs) one of my uh, one of our really good friends. They just had a baby. So I'm making food for them later today. So, again, that's back to the freedom thing. Like I love to cook for our neighbors sometime. Like I love that I have the freedom to do that if I want to like cook a meal for somebody. You know, I just plan my day. I have to get everything else done. And then I give myself like a two hour block and it's like, okay, I'm done. I've got to step away from Instagram or whatever. And I'm cooking soup for my friends later. Every day is different, but it feels like every day is pretty jam packed. I've learned that my best working hours are between like 11 and six and my best, like I'm most creative and most productive from like two to five in the day. And that's so interesting. And I feel like with a normal, you know, eight to five job, I didn't really have the freedom to realize that or tap into that, you know, but that's a day, that's a day in life. It's always, it's just, it's every day's different. Sometimes it's wild and sometimes it's calm. Well, something that I, I heard um, that just kind of resonated with me when you were talking and and I know Amy was probably thinking the same thing in some ways is you have created a job for yourself that you enjoy doing that has given you what you want. And you really have figured out at a very young age, the most important part of a job is not the money. It is the satisfaction and the joy in being able to do it. And that's my opinion. There's no, there's no science behind that, but I feel like that's my opinion. And I feel like that that's something that has taken me a while to get to as well. That journey of finding like you've got to wake up and you've got to be able to have something that makes you excited to to do it and to work it. And I will say Dee is kind of a fellow entrepreneur. One thing for me led to another, which led to another, which led to another. And it's an ever evolving process. And I think it's the biggest thing is taking that first leap and stepping out on your own, saying yes to things that scare you and really just being able to 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 go from there. And it sounds like you were God is lining those footsteps up to just do some pretty incredible things through you. It just blows my mind sometimes how amazing this this whole journey is and has been. And, you know, sometimes I think to myself, man, I could have done this years ago if I knew, if I knew the result and I knew how it would feel and the peace that I would have. I think that's the thing that is just overwhelming is the peace 
I would say for, you know, for three years, I was just in an emotional turmoil because I, I was doing something that I just don't feel like was for me. And it felt so wrong. And as soon as you, like I said, you know, you start listening to those gut feelings and those desires and those passions, like they're there for a reason. You know, it's not an accident. God gives us gifts and it's just up to us to tap into them and trust him and step into it. How did you come up with the name for your shop, Lynette Boutique? So Lynette is my middle name. But when I got married, I dropped my middle name because that's, you know, Southern tradition. You drop your middle name, you keep your family name, and then you take your husband's name. I was Deandra Lynette Thacker. And then when I got married, I'm now Deandra Thacker Ayers. But I love my middle name and I was so sad to give it up. And so that's another thing years ago. I mean, I couldn't have been more than 24, 25, but I always said, whatever my business is, like one day I'll have a business and I, you know, had no idea what it would be, but I said, I'm going to name it Lynette. Like I'm going to, that's how I'm going to hold on to my middle name because I love my middle name, but it's also a way to like, it's just a nod at being true to, you know, those little girl dreams and like, those ideas that were so far-fetched, like it's kind of a way of honoring that, you know, little girl in me. I I know that all three of us have husbands. We have spouses that support the work that we do. And I know that your husband, since you mentioned um, your husband, I know that he is a, is a big support. Would you say your support system is essential to your business thriving? Yes. And I wouldn't be here without him pushing me and encouraging me. Towards the end, before I actually left and quit my job, I mean, things were just so bad and he could see it. One night he literally took my phone and (laughs) he was like, if you don't do this, I'm going to call your manager for you and tell them that you're done and you're not coming back. So, I mean, that's how just, that's how bad things got with, with me. And that's how like unhappy I was with everything. But yeah, he's been so supportive. He's the sweetest thing. He'll go if I do pop-up shops. We actually did, this was last year when everything was still, the world was still open, but it's called Maine 24 in Chattanooga. So it's downtown and shops and restaurants, like everything stays open 24 hours. There's a parade. And it's just madness, like so many people. And he worked the whole thing with me. He was like helping women pick out shirts and take them to the dressing room and like putting their clothes in for him. And they would come out and try things on. He's like, that looks great. It looks amazing. (laughs) And he's such a guy guy and, you know, like a man's man. So it's just funny to see him. You know, in that in that setting, you know, I think anything I do or anything I said that I wanted to do, he would just support me no matter what. He also is very fundamental with like taxes and all the things that are really hard for me. We always say in our relationship, I'm the creative, like I'm the visionary. I come up with the big ideas and the plans for us and our life and, you know, future business ideas and places we'll go and homes we can buy and all these things. Like I'm the visionary and he is the one who makes things happen. He's really good at taking an idea, taking a plan and being very strategic about making it happen. So he keeps me 
on my toes. And I always say he keeps me from going to jail because he makes sure my taxes are paid. (laughs) That is so funny, but that is, but that is so important, you know, and to have um, not necessarily even just a spouse, but people that are around you that are supporting you. And, you know, one of the things that I have realized the older that I get, you know, it's important to, to create that, that kind of tribe too, in terms of, you know, the people that you align yourself with as friends and as business partners and acquaintances, you know, just people that are supportive and people that are, are you know, helpful and, and willing to listen. That's just such an important part of the process as well. When I put my notice in and I left my job, I mean, I didn't tell a lot of people. It was about two weeks before I started opening up and telling people outside of like my parents and my husband and my sisters because I was just so scared of the opinions of others and what they would think. It sounds crazy to tell someone that you left this amazing, fancy job to essentially go home and not make anything for a few months. But like you were saying, fortunately, I really did have, my parents were so supportive. I was terrified to tell my dad and he really surprised me and was just very supportive and our friends. So I really didn't get any of the I guess, backlash that I thought I was going to get. I think we make things worse in our head than what they actually are. Well, that makes sense. You know, that makes sense because um, we come from a culture where there's high unemployment. You know, when you get a job for people who are listening, who are not from where we're from in the central Appalachian coal fields, if you get a job, a good job, right? A good paying job with benefits, you don't leave that job because we grow up understanding in a place where jobs are not plentiful, how important that is. So I totally understand why you would have been reticent about sharing that with anybody. Um, I, I totally get it. I just wanted to say how, I know we're kind of wrapping things up, how awesome this was, Dee. You are just such an inspiration for, for you know, really everybody that's ever thought about pursuing their own dreams. And I mean, I'm sitting here taking notes. This is this is good stuff. And, and we have thoroughly enjoyed having you on. You know, as we're wrapping up, what would you, what advice would you give sort of in a nutshell? What kind, what would you tell somebody beyond what you've already said about what you've done? Somebody wants to follow your path. What would you tell them? I mean, I'm a believer. And so it's nearly impossible for me to give advice and not include my faith in that, in that somehow. I just think that we all have these like core desires and passions. And and sometimes I think they've been there since we were children. And those things are there for a reason. I think God put them there. If you are a believer and you are able to acknowledge that those desires and those passions are a gift from God and you ask him how to use them and believe and have faith and step into wherever it is he's taken you, and you have to do scary things. You know, it's, I don't think that good things rarely come from easy situations and the best things generally come from the hard stuff and the hard times. Just tap into that. I mean, that's why we're here on this earth, I think, is we're each individual and we each have these God-given gifts that He wants to use. I always say anything good I've ever done or do or, you know, the success I have and this life that I live, like anything good I do or have done or will ever do, it's because of the Lord. 
it's not me. It's if it were left up to me, I would, you know, I don't know where I would be. I may be in a ditch somewhere, but I just, every step of the way, I try to acknowledge that. And that has given me so much peace and taken me farther in life and given me a life that, you know, I don't know that I even dreamt of. And it's, and I truly believe that it's because I, of my faith and the fact that I acknowledge that it's God every step of the way. It's not me. It's him. So that's my advice. It's like I said, it's really hard to for me to give advice to anyone outside of my faith and outside of being a believer. Dee, thank you so much for joining us. I'm just so inspired by hearing your story. And we want to know, we want to tell our listeners where they can go to find your boutique and then let you make your announcement about a little gift that you're sending along to listeners. Okay, so you can go to lynetteboutique.com. So that's L-Y-N-E-T-T-E. Well, for your listeners only, for Southern Salon listeners, I have a discount code. So you get 25% off anything. All you have to do is put in this discount code at checkout, and it is Southern Salon. So all caps, no spaces, just Southern Salon, and that'll give you 25% off. Thank you so much. And you're on Facebook and on Instagram. I guess you're everywhere. Yeah. Um, Instagram, you can look up Shop Lynette Boutique. Okay. And we'll share all this on our social for our listeners who want to follow up. You have some beautiful, I've ordered from your store. You have some beautiful, beautiful things, beautiful clothes, beautiful jewelry. And it's, it's always fun to browse and to watch you do your try on Tuesdays. So I really encourage our listeners to go look at your shop because there's some really cool things, especially for Valentine's Day. 